what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today, I am joined by former MTV reality star, social media influencer, entrepreneur. She built 40 plus companies, currently owns five of them. I have Kara Parrish on today. Kara, what is happening? Hi. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> you damn right so it is. <laughs> we've been talking for like a couple months now so it's finally happening it's finally happening and i'm so glad that it is it's funny the way we met i was i always tell people i'm like yeah uh you remember cara parish from buck wild she like replied to my tweet and i thought you were like messing with me you like i made a tweet about like oh i have all these great guests coming on and you were like who are they and i was like wait wouldn't you like to know and then we started chatting <laughs> i go like I was like, so like you were telling me like, oh, I have all these great people for you. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. And in the back of my head, I'm like, what's the catch? And then I blatantly just asked you, I was like, so what's the catch? And you're like, nothing. I just like to help people. I'm like, what? I'm like, there's people <laughs> like that. So I do appreciate you even one coming on the show from your busy life. And then two, getting me like pretty much a lot of my guests that are awesome. Yeah, I loved that you didn't believe me at all. You were just like, no, tell me what you want from me. And I was like, really nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's no like a hidden agenda or there's not like, I'm not holding a knife to your back and you just can't see it. Like, I just know people. You do. You really do. And I can't thank you enough for it. It was, yeah, it was very surprising because I think my whole life I'm just like, all right, what do these people want in return? And now I'm kind of like taking that from you and helping other people that like come to reach out to me because they think that I know what I'm doing with podcasting. And I'm like, well, this is what I do. I'm like, I can help you with this or, or share that. So it's kind of just like contagious to help people for pretty much like not no reason because you like to help people. And I like to too, but I thank you for inspiring me to do that. Thanks. Yeah. I felt like it was very Bostonian of you to make sure that you could stab me before I stabbed you somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I had a whole like trench coat full of knives just waiting playing defense. And we play a lot of defense out here, so that's why I think we won so many championships in sports. <laughs> so, Carol, what's been going on with you? You're always on the go, go, go. You're you're big on social media, which I before this I said I hate saying so, social media influencer. It just sounds so like not accurate. Because it's, I feel like you're a lot more than that. You're like an amateur professional baker as well on Instagram, which I've forced you to send me chocolate chip cookies. So hopefully by the time this interview is out, I have already consumed them. But like, what's the day in the life of Carol like? Because you are super busy and I, I don't know how you do it. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that influencer word is a little cringy. Um, but a day in the life, oh man, I, I mostly spend a good chunk of my time running my companies and trying to convince myself not to start or acquire other companies because um, that is a dangerous favorite thing of mine. Uh, but all the companies that I start or I work with, take on as clients, as a startup consultant, they all have um, a social impact mission. So they're all affecting humanity in a positive way. And a lot of them are needs-based. So um, ed tech for education reform or DEI. Um, I work with personal brands. So they tend to be things that they're passionate about because they were so impacted personally. Um, sobriety, things like that. 
So that takes up the chunk of my day and that's a lot to lift day in and day out. Uh, so the latter half of my day is just full of things that fill me back up. In a lot of ways, social media does that for me. I actually love community on social media. It's something that when my social media accounts were first building up, and they've been this way for a long time. I was one of those like OG, spent way too much time on um, MySpace people. Uh, so I've been in this mix for a long time. But when they were first building up and I started traveling, what I loved was I could go to this place I had never been before, be in a city for my first hour there and put it out on social media and have like five instant friends, right? Like yeah. Yeah, people and be like you know I've known you for so long on social and like let's meet in person and I would just have this like instant network of people that I had some connection to but then got to like take it to the IRL experience so I've loved that for so long so social media and that whole community aspect does feed back into me and we've done some amazing altruism work with my social media. And I love the people who follow me for that because if I tell them something's going on and like, hey, there's this thing that we like needs funding and we need help sharing it and getting donations, they're all over it, they will do it. I'm like, hey, we need uh, journalism support to talk about this subject. They're all over it, they are there, they're all through my TMs. Like they're very engaged in that way and they also feel strongly about that. So that comes back in and then the baking thing Thing for me <laughs> that is just a huge source of joy and um my grandmother was a professional baker so I've been doing it my whole life um but the social media interaction with that where like I'll ask people for suggestions they'll give me like weird inspiration and I will make a cake out of it or cookies out of it or whatever um or I'll just make things and they'll get involved in the way that as I'm putting up the stories of like whatever I'm making, they're commenting the whole time, sending me like songs that are relevant to whatever I said or things like that. And we're basically, we're kind of always having like a Friday night party on my Instagram where there's just a big group of friends that are always hanging out and weighing in on whatever the person in the other room is doing. And that's a super filling energy, like just puts a lot of, uh, positive back into you if you're dealing with heavy things throughout the day you're very it is a very like uh fun instagram that you have because all your stories are very interactive and people love that on instagram to be like part of something so like you are pumping out a lot of recipes and videos inspirational stuff and then you do like questions and people love the feedback and it's funny too it's like like you said you probably get inspirations from people and it's like those people don't really have a huge social media voice you don't know who like the great next person is just like giving you this information you're like wow this is like awesome and this guy has like one follower <laughs> yeah i've met people i mean that's the other great thing about social media and people like coming in through your gms is if you're not going to go evaluate them or something if you're just having a conversation the way you would somebody who walked up to you at a bar or at a park or something like that you have no context for them yeah. having any love like celebrity or a job title or whatever you're just a human talking to another human about a subject and it's kind of the best way to function but I've met so many amazing people this way that did become like some other next big thing or didn't or just are still regular people but some of the best regular people you could hope for you know um and some of them 
a couple people have gone on to do reality TV after I did it that were following me before they did it. And we formed like kind of mini support groups for each other yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on social media where we're like, this is how to like make it through this, um, that kind of thing. And so it's just lovely to be able to have that with people. That is great. Uh, to back up a little bit, who was in your top eight on MySpace? Like, you, you know any you know any numbers? And I think we had a mutual friend. I think it was Tom. I think we we all had a mutual friend named Tom. Like that was always the weirdest thing when we signed up for that. Like who the hell is this Tom guy? <laughs> I kicked Tom out in like the first five seconds. Yeah, I, like, I felt no. bad. He's he must have the longest standing profile photo of all time. Yeah. Also, I mean, we really owe that man some kudos. Like he was out here teaching all of us to code and he did not want our our personal data or to make us pay for anything. He yeah. was like, music and learn like basic HTML. Thank he you literally so wanted you to be his friend. Like that's why that's yeah. why he made MySpace. Like I was like, you know what I'm gonna make, make a website, everyone's gonna be my friend. <laughs> like <laughs> It's brilliant. I mean, when you think about like how Facebook started, it was like a hot or not, basically. It was gross. And <laughs> like here we had MySpace before that. That was phenomenally better. And yeah. we just didn't know what we had. It was so fun. You can add like music on it. And I remember I, that was the first time I saw a GIF and I messaged a guy. I was like, hey, how do you make that GIF? And I think he hit me with what I hit with you. Like, wouldn't you like to know? And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I was like, I want to know how these things are happening. But yeah, MySpace was a trip. I used to love it. Yeah, you know Justin Timberlake like bought into it a while ago and turned it into like a music site. Yeah, I do. I, I think I went back trying to log into my information and I couldn't think of anything. I don't think my profile is even there anymore. But I was like trying to figure out if I could log into it soon. But yeah, it's uh, it is funny that it came back a little bit. I don't even know. Is it doing well? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to MySpace and Tom and JT. Oh, that is so funny. I, I used to just love the wall. And I remember, I think it was 2004 where it kind of made a change because that's when I went to college and like AM, AIM was still a thing. But then that's when Facebook kind of got into the college world. And the next year you could be friends with different colleges. So MySpace was just like fading out. And it was uh, it was tough to see your childhood friend just disappear like that. Uh, AIM would be the one that if I could get back into that, it would be wildly embarrassing. I had one of those whole like mini websites built off my profile. It was bad, real, real bad. Like what? I'm pretty sure it's like a bunch of terrible poetry and I like the like photo art Alexis. So it's, it's not good. I like the away message feature. That was always a good one. Like you pretty much had a gone fishing sign every time you were away from the computer, but you'd sit there waiting for somebody to reply to you. Like, oh, hey, what's up? What are you doing tonight? That's so I always like that people would put like terrible inspirational quotes as they're like being away as in like, this will just inspire you while I'm gone, yeah. eating my dinner or whatever. <laughs> I'll be back. We'll talk about it. Girls always have the um, like little fairy dust things at the end of each side of their sentence where it'd be like uh, the star semicolon. It would like make like a, like, like a, just a robotic star, sh like shooting star. I was always like, how do you do that? Uh, uh, the good old days making the internet cute since it's, the start of the internet seriously i know uh, with your i remember looking up like uh old uh, like um photos information online about you you have like because you were an og of instagram because you have like the old school like 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 diagram what is it what's the word like the the layout of it all and i was like oh wow she has been on this for a bit 
Yeah, I'm an early adopter to most social media. That's honestly like little sidebar, slight marketing hint. If you want to be an influencer on something, the easiest way to do that is just to be an early adopter because in the early days before they're doing any sort of filtering with an algorithm, you have mass reach and everyone's just connecting with everyone because there's not that many people left Mm -hmm. or yet. Uh, so that's honestly kind of the best way to become influential at something or the easiest way yeah. um, is to just, like get in on the ground floor. But yeah, I somebody the other day messaged me on Twitter and they were like, you're blocking so many people. Why are you doing that? And I was like, because I've had my Twitter for 10 years, like something insane. Yeah. I, I've had a Twitter account for, I have people that follow me who haven't tweeted since like 2014. <laughs> like, yeah. I, this is the oldest, I might have the oldest Twitter account except for like Jack's Twitter account. So I've just been on these forever. I think the good move with that, even if you don't get your hand in it that much is just get your username, like steal that before someone else steals it. So like something pops up, just go log in and just get your name in there first. I feel like, cause I don't want to be 20, 10 minutes with a Z, like it's the nineties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. But also like one of the best ways to get followers back to your existing social networks is to go on brand new social networks and connect it to your existing social network so that small group of people that it's a lot easier to reach those people come over to your existing social this is this is just going to be a bunch of social media hacks but it works um so if anybody i don't know wants actual marketing advice that's a quick one yeah that's good look you get crash courses on my episodes and interviews this is yeah. perfect this is actually we're not even recording i just i just wanted all this information for myself um <laughs> Yeah, so with running companies, with being on a show, Buck Wild, like talk about your experience with Buck Wild because I, I definitely want to get into like the mental aspect of all that. Like, um, how was it being on Buck Wild? Because it, it did really well when it came out. Yeah, it did really well. Um, we were renewed. Um, we had crazy breakthrough numbers. Um, it was a really popular show, but it was a really popular show all in its first season, which meant that that whole thing just skyrocketed out of control. Um, and we, the crazy thing was a lot of people were like, well, you should have known, like you had the Jersey Shore time slot and things like that. But we had already been filming for a year by the time it came out. So for us, it was just like us being dummies and like cameras being around right like we were just we'd been doing it for so long that it was just our day-to-day and there was no we had seen no impact from it for a year so to suddenly just have this skyrocket thing that happens to you is not expected no one's going to expect that it's Mm -hmm. kind of absurd what we think people will expect uh, but yeah, it just kind of, it came out of nowhere and took off and we overnight had all of these people who instantly were invested in us, who related to us, who saw us as friends, close friends, even like yeah. I would have people who would just write to me on social media and tell me like their life stories and be like, I saw two episodes. Here's my life story. You remind me of me. And I'd be like, this is so sweet. Also, I don't fully know what to do with it. You yeah. know, like I'm not sure where to where to take this or what the best approach for doing this is because I had no context for a thing like that. Yeah, to be on a reality show right away and get thrown into that, and like at the time, like live action, you're like, oh, this is just 
going on. Like, who knows what's going to happen with this? You're like, wildest dreams. And then you got sat getting hit up by randos uh, about your show. And you were like, the, like you were like the main one that everyone liked, the, fi the firecracker, right? <laughs> I got a lot of airtime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's good. That's I good. I don't know if I'm just more dramatic than the regular people or the, everybody else, but for some reason, I always some seem to like make my way into the front of the storyline. Um, but definitely not just me. Like that, everybody kind of yeah. had their in the sun but I did get a lot of airtime and I think that definitely contributed to things but I think it was also the fact that when the shows would air they would always encourage us to you know be active on social with all these people mm -hmm. um, and I didn't fully absorb what was happening and I would just troll people during the actual episodes going live because there's always going to be people who if you watch like the Twitter feed anytime that a show is airing there's all these people that are like talking smack on the characters and like yeah, what's yeah, happening. yeah. Right? It's what you do. Um, so what I would do is instead of and this is probably not advisable but instead of interacting with like the kind people I would go to the angry people yeah and I would be like I absolutely agree with you she is awful what is wrong with her like <laughs> just do this whole thing um about how like upset I was about the episode and how Kara was like the absolute worst uh and I would do that in my Twitter feed for like 90 minutes while the episode aired and people thought it was funny and like got really involved with it and then most of the time the tr original trolls would kind of backtrack on their whole thing but I would do that for like 90 minutes. <laughs> when you call out trolls, it's so much better because they like, they like, you probably get it too. You call out a troll. They're like, no, no, I was just, I, I like you. I, you're one of my favorites. I was just making a joke. And you're like, yeah, okay, buddy. You just got your card pulled. They would always be like, I didn't think you were going to see this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I bet <laughs> you that's the one. The keyword is my name. <laughs> like, of course I'm going to see it. Now, with being on a reality show like that, did you have any prior experience to get on that show? Like, how was that process going forward? Uh, yeah, so they were looking for a replacement for Jersey Shore. So this was cast a little differently. The producers, uh, two of them are actually from West Virginia. So they, what they wanted to do was find this organic friend group that would be able to replicate the kind of things that people do for fun when they don't have access to the type of resources that you have in a city. So that was also a little bit of like the theme with Jersey Shore too, right? Like the activities that they did were not fully exclusive to Jersey Shore, but not something readily accessible to everyone. And so it carried on a little bit of that theme of like, if in a unique region or a unique area, how do people have fun? And they came out to West Virginia for that, for like how we make our own fun. And they found two of our cast members broke down by the side of the road uh, and offered them a ride. And they said they laughed so hard in the car ride just to take them home. that that's how they knew, like they found the right people is they were just in stitches by the end of it. And that's how we were cast. But I had already been a part of during, I'd been modeling since I was 16 to like help me for college and I hosted rap battles and had been in music videos and all sorts of like, just, I don't know, I guess extroverted activities yeah, for yeah. a long time. So it wasn't that foreign for me to be involved in a thing like this. Um, so I think that's like why my name came up too, is they originally, they were looking for people to help them find, like meet more friends in the friend group. And I was like, I got it. I'll put on a whole like casting production, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, you should 
stop talking and stand in front of the camera for a minute. Uh, and we'll see if you're a fit. And I was like, oh no, it's good. I've got, I'll help you like this. I'm like, I can introduce you to people. And they're like, no, (laughs) stand in front of the camera. Um, so that's kind of how that came to be. That's awesome. Now with reality shows, like to go back about like dealing with fans and stuff, I know that you lost a good friend on the show. So when it comes to like fan interactions that don't know what's going on, a lot of fans probably think they're part of your life. Like, especially when they meet you for like two seconds on the internet, they're like, oh, hey, uh, by the way, how was this uh, to open up an old wound like that? How was that mentally? One, dealing with that um, on the show as a friend and then having to talk about it pretty much for the rest of your life as you're doing now. So I do apologize, but I think we should, I think we should give this like a blanket, a blanket statement to other people of what, what not to do. No, no. And I appreciate the blanket statement of what not to do because it does happen all the time. And when it happened on the show, it was just, I had never experienced anything remotely like that. I had lost friends. I had never lost friends where their funeral had to be held in an amphitheater. Like that had never happened before where thousands of people drove in to attend a funeral for someone they had never met. I'd never witnessed something like that. I had never like me trying to walk. Like it's already one of the hardest things you'll ever do is to walk up to a casket, look at someone you cared about, but I couldn't do it that day because there was so I would have been in a line with thousands of strangers and I remember like running out of it at one point because it was just too overwhelming like leaving for a minute and I couldn't even like hide out in the bathroom because there were just people everywhere and everywhere I went they would stop me and try to talk to me and take pictures with me and I was like can you like this is not a day where I want to be in anyone's photo, please don't tag me on social media to like remind me of this day. I don't want to yeah. be in your time hop memories of this day. Um, but they they didn't connect it that way because they hadn't had that. They weren't having the same experience I was having. And even now, it was literally two days ago. It's someone who came into my Instagram DMs and they were like, "Oh, I just want to tell you that like you and your friend were my favorites and you know I'm so sorry he's gone and like this whole thing and I was like it is a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m sir like I'm working right now you you just did a like a drive-by and you were like hey remember this like insanely traumatic event in your life I just wanted to make sure that you didn't forget it real quick and I know that it it is coming from a good place intentionally Mm -hmm. or well, arguable if that's a hundred percent true, because I think it comes from a place where they just want to interact with people yeah. that they've seen on on television. But I think that they're they're trying to come from a good place. They're trying to be supportive, but what it actually is is just this drive by traumatic like salt on a wound thing. And I didn't reply to him because I often like kind of give myself space because I've learned to hold boundaries for this to say you know. I'm going to focus on trying to make sure that this doesn't, that you don't keep doing this or you don't do this to someone else more than I'm going to focus on being nice to you. Because I feel like the nice thing to do in that moment is to be like, oh, thank you. You know, thank you so much for like thinking of us. And it's like, I could do that, but that helps no one for me to do that. So usually I give myself a little time to breathe and recoup so I don't sound aggressive when I reply but then I 
explain to them that, hey, I know that this came from a good place, but just want to remind you that reaching out to people and reminding them of trauma is is not necessarily good for them. And there are a lot of other ways to connect with me, though. There are a lot of things I'm interested in that I'm sure that you're probably interested in some of them. And I'd love to, you know, still have you uh, interact with me there and we could be friends and that kind of thing. But this guy actually, uh, I was just didn't get back to him. And it was uh, yesterday morning. So Wednesday, it was only 24 hours in between. And he was he wrote to me again. And he was like, it's so sad that people with like big followings don't answer people back. And so I had to like build that in where I was like, I had to take time to answer you because you started from a place of trauma instead of, you know, starting from something light that we could connect to. Um, and luckily the guy was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I, I see it now, you know, and I didn't mean to do that. And I get it. But this happens to me on an almost daily basis. And so I'm very fortunate that like I can afford therapy, right? But not everybody can. And this is massive in reality television. A lot of people who have been a part of reality television struggle with PTSD symptoms uh, from the mostly crazy fan interaction yeah. uh, that is just off the charts in terms of like no boundaries. Um, it's scary. You know, we were shot at our last day of filming. Like there's just a lot of traumatic things that happen when people are trying to take part in something and are willing to go to extremes to do that. And I don't think enough people know about that. So they're just kind of running around re-injuring people that they claim to adore. Yeah. You were shot at? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last day. Of <laughs> you said that so casually. Like, yeah, we got shot at, but it's just another day. <laughs> this is the thing where like, my therapist is like, yeah. can, you know, can we go back? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, so pump the brakes a little bit. Let's bring this back to the whole shooting aspect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're talking about Instagram DMs and you just glazed over getting shot at. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, our last day of filming season one, there were people who came like up to basically like where our house was because we filmed at our house and there are people who came up basically almost to our house and they started shooting in our direction. And we don't know if it was that, like they were trying to get attention and they wanted it to like show up on the episode, like something like that. But they almost shot, they shot one of the cameras. So they almost shot our camera guy. Um, and we're all there, we're, you know, obviously human beings that they're firing towards and it's in the dark. So I, they can't fully make out where all of us are. So they could have easily caused serious injury to yeah. any of us, but I don't, and I, I won't pretend to know like their intentions entirely, but it's people go to really extreme levels for fame or to be a part of something and they don't often think about the impact they're having on the other people. They're so focused on what, what can I do to get this to happen for me? What can I do to show up on the show? Or what can I do to like, tell my friends, oh, that was me or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they don't think this through. And they'll literally put other people in extreme danger. I mean, our show had that um, uh, jackass kind of element to it, where we did a lot of physical stunts. And I think that made people associate dangerous things with us, Yeah, which 
is fair enough. We also had a massive disclaimer that was like, don't do this at home. We did not have a don't shoot at us disclaimer, although maybe we should have. Yeah. That's, that's, so, 101. that's 101. You got to get one of those signed instantly. <laughs> don't come on the property. Don't shoot at us, yeah. please. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Buck wild. Um, sorry. <laughs> I just had to do that. So, how is so? Yeah, you've pretty much dealt with it. Um, after reality TV, like you said, like what are, what are people doing to get help? Like obviously, therapy is a huge thing for anybody. I always tell people, even if you don't have mental health issues, like talk to somebody once a year, like just just to get it out, like a neutral party. But what is uh like? Obviously, you're pretty open with your therapies. Like, how long has that been going on? Was that before uh, the show? After the show? Or did you up the numbers with your therapist after the show? Like, how's that going? It's going good. And I agree with you hundred percent. Everybody should talk to someone at some point and it's becoming more and more accessible. There are apps now that make it more accessible to talk to mental health professionals or even just join support groups um, or even just have uh, self-help style apps, right. That ask you prompts and things like that. Or I, there's a game I play on my IG stories. I know you've seen it. I play it every week. We're not really strangers. Um, which is like a vulnerability practice yeah. where you kind of talk through things. But I am a huge advocate for this. And I, I wish that mental health care, first of all, were a huge part of universal health care and that we had it. But second of all, that people took it as seriously as they took their physical health. Um, but I've been in therapy actually for a really long time. I come from a, a foster adoption family. So that was a part of our growing up was me being in therapy to process the all the different kind of traumas that we were exposed to and the different family dynamics and things like that but when I was working on the show I, there was one day that I had kind of a minor meltdown um, and my producers were like if you're not in therapy we're going to put you in therapy or if you are in therapy we're going to need you to go more often because this is obviously starting to affect you. Um, and so it definitely got up during that. And then it's just stayed there. Like I, I believe strongly in therapy, but I also believe strongly in having a lot of coaches around you. I have a lot of coaches in my network and I love having those kind of people. Sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes someone is telling me that I need to be more trauma informed while they're also telling me that I'm not taking care of my inner child. Well, they're also telling me that I need to drink more water because there's just so many coaches around me, but it's, it's definitely something that impacts you in a positive way. And I think having an emphasis on personal development, being around people who are trauma informed, being around people who coach people to process things in, in particular, not just be more successful, but process things around you and have mental shifts in your perspective and then having a dedicated professional. Those are some of the best things you can do. And it doesn't matter. You don't need to, I think people assume that you only do those things if you're like a celebrity or you're an entrepreneur or you're whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. Everybody, everybody should do these things. Yeah. We would have flying cars if you guys would all just go to therapy. Yeah, we wouldn't have any issues whatsoever. Everyone would say nice things to each other on the internet, wouldn't bring up old trauma all the time. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that is good. What is something like, we all have our days, like what are the main things that get you out of bed when you don't want to? Because um, again, you're very go, 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 you 
ooze out a lot of positivity, which is great. Um, very contagious, like I said. Like, what are some things? Like, I know baking's gonna be one of your answers because you're self-proclaimed greatest baker on Instagram, named Kara. Like, I, I, I did not proclaim any such thing. Yeah, we. I'll go back. I'll find the footage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, what are some things that like get you up and just like just motivate you when you're when you're feeling down? Uh, I am the oldest of eight children, um, and I have six little sisters. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so even on my worst days, I know that when they're having their worst days, they're thinking of me, right? Like they're thinking of like how I did that and what kind of example I set for them. And I don't love the thought of like someone just because someone's big on the internet that they're automatically a role model or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just think of like my littles and I'm like, you know, what am I doing that they're going to inevitably mirror at some point and is this what I want them to do when they're having this moment like do I want them to crawl under the covers and give up for the day or do I want them to crawl under the covers for an hour and (laughs) just recoup and then come back out do I want them to like flip this uh as Tony Grebmeyer says like flip the switch you know do I want them to flip the switch and do I want them to move from that moment where it's a thing of kind of self-pity or kind of feeding into the negative feelings or do I want them to say these feelings are valid but there's a way that I can expel these by replacing them with something that's more positive there's a way that I can go out and help someone and with the internet it's so accessible you can help so many people in 30 seconds it's stupid like there's so much you could do if you want to be altruistic (laughs) like you can like crawl your way out of those bed covers and find a way to be a contributor and your whole perspective, you get that shift, that flip the switch of like, I went from wallowing to doing something that helps someone else. And then I get that dopamine rush of like being helpful, of being of service to others. So that's what I want them to do. And so if I want them to do it, that means I have to do it. Yeah. Shout out Tony G, Tony Grebmeyer, one of the guests that you got me who will be coming up after when this one's released. So yeah, Tony G's the man. He's the, he is the best. I love him so much. He'll randomly call me and just be like, how are you? (laughs) You seemed sad on Instagram stories this morning. So I just want to make sure you're happy. Like here's like a ray of sunshine in your day and I'm like you were just a, an earth angel I don't know what we did to deserve like there's some amazing people that just exist in this planet that I'm constantly like I don't understand how you got here like I'm yeah. pretty sure whatever you are is not 100% human like you're a leftover from some partial time when angels walk the earth or something but Tony's one of those T- Tony is the man and I, I told him I was like man I was like you're like social media numbers do not show the big picture. Like you should be way, like I was like retweeting him, promoting him. I'm like, it should be the other way around. I feel like, um, but yeah, he, he is a great guy and he like, he oozes positivity too. Like I love talking. Yeah. He sent me just like, we first had a chat and he texted, messaged me a picture of him and his, him and his dog on the golf course. I'm like, this guy's the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he lives like the most, he lives a, a great, he has a great way of being like the yeah. way that he exists in this world is so positive and uplifting and so good and even whenever he's having his bad days he's so vulnerable about it and so you know it's okay to have bad days just don't have them alone yeah um, yeah I, I love that about him 
That is true. I like uh, doing like little positivity things too. When I first started the podcast, I do it now. I, I, I got to do it more because that's what I liked about Twitter. You can look up keywords. Um, and I know a lot of podcasters drive people insane because of um, they'll do like podcast recommendations to see what people are looking for for podcasts. So it's like kind of like a double edged sword. So like I would type in like just mental health and I would see all these people just like talking and being open about their mental health. And if they were like down, I would kind of like give them a little bit of encouragement with that. And like a lot of people would like really like appreciate what I said. And I wasn't even like promoting the podcast. I was just like trying to like get into that mode of like promoting, like promoting mental health and making sure like there are people out there that you don't know that like can see you like just cause you're yeah. like quote unquote complaining on like Twitter or something. It's like, you're not complaining if you have no one to talk to. It's like, like I'll help you out. Like we'll chat. And there's a couple people like I still talk to because of that. And it's uh it is a good feeling. It's like sometimes like back in the day, like positivity was like whack. Like you had to be like a troll or like have to say like negative things, but like being so positive is such a good feeling on both ends. Um, because you don't have to broadcast it yourself to make yourself feel better. It's like the whole key is like make someone else feel better. Yeah. And I, there's, um, I think there's like this whole underlying current to that on social media too. Like so much of that happens kind of secretly in the DMS, but in such a good way. And then all of a sudden you just have this like network or group of people where there's like five or six people that are suddenly friends and they have nothing in common. They have like no mutuals, but they're really supportive of each other. And it's because of moments like that happened. And then they introduced one another. And before you know it, there's like this whole friend group that exists. And it's just a beautiful thing that can happen if you're using the internet that way. Yeah, that is true. We'll definitely finish up and have some fun. I forgot to ask you this. What is like the worst fan interaction you've had or like the creepiest or just any like what are some like just give me all the shitty ones or the craziest ones. Ooh, um, I was walking into my friend's apartment, like I was walking her dog and it was super early in the morning, uh, like 5am thing. Right. And I was like, Oh, walk the dog, you know, like he needs to go out. And someone tagged me in an Instagram photo of me walking the dog. Like they were like across the street, took a photo of me, tagged me and it didn't speak to me in person at all. And I was like, this is terrifying. That's scary. Like, yeah. I was like, this is, I don't know who you are. Like the, the, to, for me to just be like in my everyday life and for you to be like, I don't know, like I'm a, like you're on safari and I'm an animal in the wild or something. Like, yeah. Like, Dodge your off. Like what? Free game. <laughs> there she is. Just take photos of her. She's free. She's out yeah. in public. <laughs> She's in my yeah, world. Yeah. And to be like, it's of my surroundings too. And it's like, it's my friend's apartment. So like people can find that if they want to, and they could have easily found me or found my friend. And like, it was just so scary. And I was like, I, this is hands down, like one of the worst. And then I had yeah. fan accounts that stole pictures of my siblings and put them on their fan accounts. And I had to reach out to them and be like, listen, I know that you're probably just trying to like create like talk about how much my family means to me or something like that or like emphasize that but like these are pictures about of children like you can't yeah. take pictures of someone else's children and do this which i know it happens all the time with celebrities and i feel so bad for them because i can't imagine what that's like like so difficult to protect a child from that and for like a long time i couldn't and to this day i mostly share photos of like the back of their heads and things like that oh, yeah. because it's they didn't ask for this, you know, like they're just trying to go about their lives. They didn't ask for people to want to steal their photos and things like that. So yeah, I think 
say those are up there with some of the worst feelings. Yeah, it's so accessible to find people. Like back in the day, the woman that killed Selena, she had to like work for it. Like, you know what I mean? Like as fucked up as that is, like I know how easy it was for her. And now people can just like Google 20 minutes and find his address is like scary as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying because it's like, what if, what if somebody, I don't know, like take something you said the wrong way or like yeah. all those people that I trolled back or whatever, like it's just terrifying how easy it is to pinpoint someone. And so, yeah, when sharing the like photo of my location and it having to be like, not, it's not like I was at a bookstore or something or like, yeah. you know, something public, I was somewhere private, like at my friends, a place where she lives. That was not good. <laughs> transitioning after reality tv seems like a like a great thing for you like you you seem to be very successful at it a lot of people probably aren't um would you do buck wild again or any other um tv show ever again like would you go back if you had the chance to not do it would you not do it or would you still do it i would still do it not for me but for the number of people the number of people that felt validated by that show who were like I live in rural America. This is what it's really like for me. Like I, I really am inventing like these crazy, ridiculous things to do with my friends, like making a dump truck into a pool. Like this is my life. And so thank you for putting it out there and making us feel like seen and heard in a positive way where we're just regular people, right? Like people, unfortunately, like rural America I, especially Appalachia is usually described in the media as something very tragic and yeah. awful, right? It's like horror stories um, or like poverty porn, basically. Uh, so these moments where we were just like, it's neither of those things. It's just people existing. Like it's, it's just 20 year olds being joyful. Yeah. That part, I, I would do it again for that because I think that that meant a lot to more people than I, could have imagined it was going to mean something too that's awesome i love how uh you said appalachian because we grew up up here i thought it was appalachian and then you guys get real upset about that <laughs> yeah i mean there is actually there's a like a marker on the appalachian trail that says like from here up is latin and from here down is latian oh no way yeah so yeah. there's uh, I mean, I have never met Alation in person, so I don't know that they're real, but evidently they have a sign, so they must be real. Yeah, no, I, that's how I say it, Appalachian. So when uh, when my friends say it, I'm like, nope. I was like, you'll get some Southerners pissed, man, if you don't say it the right way. And I was like, listen to the interviews, because I had another guy who went to uh, NFL player, same thing. He went to Appalachian State, and I told him, I was like, hey, man, uh, I didn't know that was the way because I went to like a party out there and someone was like, listen, guy, you Yankee. This is how you pronounce it. Like, you Yankee. Yeah, I'm not. I was I was not good in the South. Like it was a big <laughs> learning curve for me. Like everyone was nice. You walk by somebody, they say hello. You do that up here. People are like, what the fuck do you want? Um, big, big difference. Um, but it was funny. I just I, so I'm pro Appalachian. Oh, Appalachian. See, I'm getting confused by it. I can't. The Appalachian community is going to come after me now latch latch like latch and key apple latching apple latching okay i'm gonna get that tattooed on me <laughs> uh, well 
Let's finish up this episode. I uh, got some fun things for us uh, to close out. Now, um, I usually do a movie recommendation on my normal episodes, and hopefully you know what movie you're going to recommend because we're both huge Kevin Smith fans. I don't know how we got talking about it, but you like you show that you were a fan because you said a movie I didn't know existed. I didn't know he did. I was talking to my other buddy who grew up with Kevin Smith with me, and he was like, dude, is this movie fake? And I was like, no, dude, it's fucking real. Now, what movie is that? Um, okay, so I'm pretty sure it's called Chasing Flies. Um, but Kevin Smith made a Bigfoot movie, and he never talks about it. Um, I think maybe just because it's arguably one of the most obscure. And for somebody who made Tusk, that is yeah. saying something. But he made a Bigfoot movie and it, he made it back in the day, like around the same time period as like, it's like a Clerks Chasing Amy 90s style, yep. uh, like early 90s style Bigfoot movie where they're like out in the woods trying to find Bigfoot. And then it turns out like the lead character um, is just trying to like become Bigfoot. Um, but it is one of those things that I feel like everyone else, if they watch it, if you're not a Kevin Smith fan, you're going to be like, what did I just watch? Like, yeah turn it off but if you're a kevin smith fan you're like oh my god this is golden like this is like this hidden part of the vsq universe that exists and it's you think you know the whole vsq universe so when you find pieces like that and you're just like where does this fit like how did this happen and it doesn't have the notoriety because like jersey girl i feel like kind of has that where you like watch jersey girl and you're like how like yeah. what, how is this him but it still in some ways like belongs in the legacy, you know, box set, if you will, of his work. And yeah. this is one that falls under that. But I will say, if you are not a Kevin Smith fan, please don't start there. Um, Cause then you won't watch anything else. So yeah, seriously. <laughs> start, um, start with chasing Amy or clerks. Yeah. And then move on from there. Yeah, I was a huge Clerks guy. Uh, so that movie's called uh, Drawing Flies. Came out in '96. So, yes. yeah, there was. I don't know how that slipped me, but that kudos to you. So you definitely got the Kevin Smith title out of us too. Um, now I usually do a song too. So I always like to know what people's personal theme songs would be like to say like you came out to like an arena like Cara Parish is coming out. Everyone's like fucking going nuts. Like what song would be playing if when you came out? Yeah. So when you first asked me this or told me that you asked this, um, and then I listened to some of them, you specifically cite like a WWE ring entry multiple times. So that is what I want it to be. And I, so do you know the scene in um, Charlie's Angels where Firestarter Prodigy is playing? Oh, like Firestarter. Yeah. 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 They're fighting like the Irish mob or whatever and Firestarter's playing and he like lights up the, like pours gasoline on the ground and like walks through the fire. That, yeah, that, I just want that whole, it can be that song, I'm Seamus, whatever. Um, yeah. With the, with <laughs> the, the fire. fire. I, yeah, the fire, yeah. like you walking through the best, my favorite instrument in that song is the, is the metal whip. It sounds like it's like whooching, whooching. When they came out, they blew my mind, dude. Breathe with me. Oh no, it's a fight. That oh no, I'm the fight. Okay, yeah, they were ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I want that. I want that, but not even just the song. I want like the entire scene. Like yeah. I like, yeah, to be like swinging off metal chains and like everything's on fire and like I light the ground on fire and then I just walk through it and and that's like my WWE entrance. That you. You have the whole shebang that you you're winning that answer right now. Theatrics, everything. So that is absolutely perfect. Um, 
Kara, where can everyone find you on the internets? On social, it's the same everywhere. It's Kara FN Parish. So C A R A F N P A R R I S H. And if you DM me, I'm genuinely the one there and I'll just genuinely interact with you and it'll be great. And you can join our little community and I'll introduce you to people and we'll be friends. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a weirdo and bring up old shit. Now let's close with the show. What are three things that you are grateful for? Oh, okay. I am grateful for my family, for my sisters who give me the motivation to do things every day. Um, I'm grateful for my team. Um, I wouldn't be able to run any companies if they didn't exist. And the patience that they have for me as a leader, even on not great days. And three, I would say I'm grateful for compassion, for other people being compassionate to me in this broad spectrum of the internet, but also just my ability to have that back for them too. So if I can be grateful, like if for an entire emotion, uh, compassion. Yeah. If we didn't have it, it would suck. <laughs> it's a terrible world. <laughs> it would be. Sarah Parrish, I thank you so much. This has been an awesome interview and uh, good luck with you with everything that you do. I love you so much. And thank you again. Thank you. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.